and help take it the next level. Many times it's the owner. Yep. Quite frankly, he's challenged with spelling IT. <laughs> exactly. Because his role is supposed to be, was originally sales when he started the business, something like that. But now he's responsible for sales, for HR, for finance, for purchasing, for inventory management. IT is 5-10% of his time. He has a problem. It's called 1-800-WHO'S-GONNA-HELP. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. How different could electrical and HVAC industries be? Shouldn't their processes be as simple as distribution and field services? What is so complex about their e-commerce? processes. Well, electrical and HVAC industries are unique as their products need to be aligned with the trade associations. If they don't follow the same coding standards, there might be issues in integrating with the buying groups and other collaborators. They also have unique processes such as electronic signature and dispatch to delivery confirmation. In today's episode, our guest David Gordon discusses the e-commerce challenges for electrical and HVAC industry. He also discusses why these industries are lacking compared to their peers in innovating their processes and providing cutting-edge customer experience. Finally, he discusses why these industries are unique with their ERP needs and why the vanilla ERP systems would fail for them. Let me introduce David to you. David Gordon founded Channel Marketing Group in 2001 to support manufacturers, distributors, reps, and service providers in the electrical distribution industry with their strategic planning marketing and market research needs. In addition to helping clients accelerate their performance and gain insights into their customers, he is also the publisher of Electrical Trends, US Lighting Trends, and HVAC R Trends. The goal of these digital platforms is to provide information, insight, and ideas to help distributors and manufacturers. Areas of focus include strategic direction, channel strategy, marketing strategy, customer satisfaction, e-commerce initiatives, and other revenue-generating initiatives. He also facilitates NEMRA's POS initiative and their strategic advisory council. David has also written for TAD Magazine, Electrical Wholesaling, MDM, IMAX Focus Publication, and other organizations. Prior to founding Channel Marketing Group, David was VP Marketing for SourceAlliance.com, a company founded by Rockwell Automation, VP Marketing and E-Commerce for iMark Group, and spent 15 years in the performance marketing industry developing incentive programs for manufacturers and distributors. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, David. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Sam. Looking forward to having a discussion with you today. And this is going to be really exciting, especially when we get into the depth of the industry. That's where the real fun is, especially for me. When we talk about the specific business processes and for people, you know, they are always going to be thinking that every industry is um, 
same every business model every transaction is same so this is going to be so much fun before just to kick things off do you want to start with your uh, intro as well as your current focus david sure well i'm president of a company called channel marketing group and i started channel marketing group 22 years ago and we work with distributors manufacturers and reps in the construction and industrial trades with probably about 90% of our business today in the electrical and hvac space and i started it after spending about a year with a dot com back in 2000 that uh, we became a dot bomb after missing round 2 financing but we only had 140 million dollars going through us spent 5 years with one of the marketing or buying groups in the electrical industry so really got to understand both sides and then spent 15 years in the performance marketing industry so i had exposure to about 60 different industries in helping companies achieve their growth goals and our focus is in the areas of strategy marketing and market research so helping companies drive growth and that's a fun part especially nowadays with what's going on with technology and how that's really been embraced as a evolutionary process at the customer which is driving a lot of change then on the back end yeah could not agree more and it's always going to be the customer experience that is going to drive everything and if you are not able to meet the customer experience expectations you are probably already behind yeah well and it's funny cuz one of the things that i've noticed with so many technology companies even distributors they focus on the technology part and they focus on the back end part Yeah versus interacting with the customer to see where the customer is and where not only so much where they are today but even laying out breadcrumbs for the vision for them yeah and one of the biggest areas that you know I think was somewhat of a miss with a lot of the uh, consulting pundits the big name ones that are out there yeah it's go back what 7 to 10 years ago when how many of them were saying distributors are no longer going to need to exist yep amazon is going to take over the world every order by now is going to be electronic and it was going to be electronic as go as going to a website or what i'll call hunt and peck but none of those people none of those companies actually did research to the customer side yeah to understand the customer buying journey and meanwhile distributors are still around today yep and they're still delivering their value proposition and if you look at hunt and peck ordering in a lot of the construction and industrial trades it's still only a small percent of the business because the customer still wants to hit one button and have a throat to chokes not everyone's looking to do business with amazon yep no one is quite frankly amazon want to do business with everyone yep now people say to me today well amazon should go and buy graybar they should go and buy granger well if yep. they wanted to, they could have done that before cheaper exactly but if you get it from a pure financial viewpoint it would be a lousy investment for amazon yep because if they had that much and they you know they've got lots of money would you spend the money there buying these type of distribution businesses getting low single digit mid single digit rate of return or would you invest it into aws or the medical field and things like that where there's much more growth and higher net profit opportunities So that's why I think you know more and more companies need to talk to their customers to understand those models and where they can add value with the technologies. Yeah, could not agree more. Great assessment. So we are going to unpack a little bit more overall uh, from the industry perspective as well as you know how companies like to think in these patches, especially from my experience when I deal with these customers. But before we do that, we have one of these standard questions that we ask every single guest that come on the show, and that is sure. going to be David, your 
perspective on business growth? There's lots of opportunity for growth in the where more, a lot of our businesses within the electrical side as much as the growth rate has decreased in, from the last couple of years which quite frankly it kind of had to you can't live on an industry average of 18 to 22 percent growth annual that's just unsustainable but in the electrical industry with the government funding that's been coming by coming down over the last couple of years yeah between monies that were in the cares act that was in the uh, infrastructure bill with the inflation reduction, lots of government stimulus there, a little thing called electrification. Yep. Still need stuff for the electrical industry. Uh, the war in Ukraine has impacted commodity costs. Yep. So that helps. It all, uh, EVs also affect the price of copper because there's more copper used in an electric vehicle than a combustion engine. Yep. So construction now has a competitor for that commodity. So the price of the commodity goes up. So that's helped. And the after effect of COVID, meaning the supply chain disruptions. Yep. There's a lot of companies are now enhancing their industrial base here. So that's helping the electrical industry. So it's viewed that for the next five to 10 years, yep. the electrical industry will do pretty well. So that's really helping. Now, obviously the residential side is challenged. Yep. That's due to the Fed, but. The market's good. Yeah, could not agree more. And uh, I think there are definitely opportunities, uh, you know, especially in the electrical market at this point of time. So let's go back to our earlier conversation that we were having, as well as, I mean, we are going to unpack a little bit more one by one, I guess. Okay. So first, I think you really like to talk about the strategy, the vision for these companies. I mean, execution obviously is going to be there, but companies need to have the strategy as well as the vision. That's what you spoke. So where do you see the real gap when you are looking at any of the specific instances of companies in the HVAC as well as in the electrical industry? Amazon was one example that you mentioned that they probably don't want to go there. What else are you seeing that these companies don't necessarily have the vision and they are probably behind from, let's say, other industries? Well, it's interesting with the electrical industry because a lot of other construction trades yep. look towards electrical industry as a leader. Yeah. And they said, well, the electrical industry is only 10 years behind the time because plumbing and HVAC are 20 years behind the time. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You're not where you necessarily could be, but you're still ahead of a lot of others. Yeah. Now, this industry is not going to get like the medical industry or the electronics where industries need to continuously improve and there is no end game yeah is is product content okay because that's what powers not only the erp systems it powers the e-commerce systems yeah it's going to be integral for ai more importantly it's integral for the labor force okay why i say for the labor force is there's a lot of turnover happening in the labor force. A lot of people have been in the industry 20, 30, 40, 50 years who are retiring. Yeah. The institutional knowledge base is goes out the window. The trade slang for turn for product off for products, what works with what? That goes out the window. It wasn't captured and digitized to train that next pe- next group. And you made a comment in the intro about yep. getting deep into the industries. People there's a generation that has been in these industries that had passion for the industry. Yep. 
even if people left the industry, inevitably they came back to the industry. It somehow got in their blood. But what we're seeing more and more of nowadays yeah. is we're not so much a career and a passion versus its job. So if it's short-term jobs, how do you get that institutional knowledge for product yep. and product? So we see that. We're seeing, obviously, the whole trend towards data analytics. Yeah. And not only capturing it, and the tools are there for capturing the information. I mean, worst case, you can always use Excel, right? Yeah. Now, granted, there's better ways, but there's it's interpretation of that information make it actionable. That's part of that next generation. We've started seeing some things that are coming about and being uh, introduced relative to AI. Yeah. And part of that's because of the uh, focus on chat GPT yeah. and what the capabilities. And we've seen some things that people like a Microsoft are coming out with right now that will tie to the vision. But some of this is stuff that needs to be shared with the sales organization, yeah. shared with customers to get their feedback to then enable the pace of adoption. Because you can't just force feed and say, here's all this technology. I expect you to use it. Yeah, it's got to go through the back end. That also needs to tie to the strategy. And what I mean on the strategy is with the aging of a lot of the ownership. Yeah. Electrical industry, we have identified 65 companies that have sold in a little over basically in 26 months. That creates channel change, channel strategy change for manufacturing. Yeah. It also then says to a distributor, what is your strategy? Is it long-term? Is it short-term? Yeah. Because that then drives what their business strategies need to be, what their technology investments should be, what their technology infrastructure. The timeline is relatively short. How much do you invest? Okay. So all so, these things going in together. Yeah. So very interesting layers there. So I don't know, I mean, which direction you want to take. I am very interested in taking the product content layer, to be honest. Uh, the reason for that is because that's a very interesting comment. And this particular industry has a very unique flavor of product content. In fact, when you go and you have been talking about three different industries, construction, electrical, HVAC. Okay. In that as well, there could be some patches where the product is going to be very different. I'll give you some examples. Okay. So number one, in the electrical space, the product is driven by the electrical codes, the SKUs that you are going to have, okay? So that's very unique. And that's why, and you know, I analyze ERP systems for living and I'm always trying to figure out, okay, why the hell these specific ERP systems exist in these spaces and why are people not able to use some other system? And then mm -hmm. I am looking at layers, okay, what are the unique nuances of these systems that, okay, something vanilla is probably not going to work for these industries, right? Mm -hmm. So the electrical codes typically drive the SKUs, and I don't know if they also drive the finished product in the electrical industry, mm -hmm. but, you know, electrical codes are going to be drivers and they are slightly more, you know, you have these standards there. So a little help. Okay. Now mm -hmm. in the plumbing industry as well, my understanding is that you are going to have uh, the codes that are going to drive your SKUs that are going to drive your product. Now, mm -hmm. when you get into the real construction construction, things are real gray. Okay. And mm -hmm. thinking from the product perspective, David, you have no idea how hard this is, okay? Mm -hmm. Most business owners, when I try to sort of work with them in creating these bonds, in creating these cues, 
for mm-hmm. something they have been selling maybe they did like a million dollar 2 million dollar 5 million dollar easy to do on a spreadsheet but when you have to grow from there you have to figure out your product model if you cannot figure out your product model good luck with your e-commerce it's not going to work right. <laughs> the, the data part whether it's product content or informational information informational from your sales and margin stuff really yep. is a different form of inventory exactly you've got your inventory in your warehouse you've got your inventory as your information the product content is needed to populate the ERP because that's what's driving the sales orders that's driving the information going back to the supply chain the UPC numbers need to match to make ease of doing business back to the supplier you know and i know edi there's better tools than edi but in these trades edi is essentially used for a lot of that interaction back you got to get systems to match so that's at the erp side when you get to the e-commerce side the customers now want to be able to go on a website see the product get the spec sheets get instruction manuals see videos see brochures all that basic stuff to make sure that they have the information not to order yeah but that they can do their estimate so it's the digitalization process of really what inside sales used to provide and outside sales used to provide instead of them going out and handing a brochure the customer wants self serve the other thing the customer wants digitally is they want to understand product availability and access to their price so the descriptions have to be clean the information has to be searchable yep all that stuff really becomes important the other part that ties to some of this especially when you talk about ERPs and why they are not uh industry agnostic without a lot of work yeah comes some a lot of times the modules that play into it because especially like in electrical yeah depending upon the distributor 30 to 70% of their business is project oriented quotation yep. it's not stock and flow there are some of the ERP companies that have developed modules specifically for that for lighting for gear yep. they've some of them have developed tools strictly for managing wire to go and take something that has been you know i'll take a say take a generic i'm going to say a bad word an sap yeah and just say all right i i think that should be able to work out of the box because it's an erp system and don't get me wrong sap's got a good good name but now it needs to be customized for that distributor to create those type of modules and it begs the question of does that distributor really know what's really fully what they need or the aggregation of other people's best practices or are they going to limit themselves to their historical knowledge and that's why we see in some of these industries ERP specific industry specific ERPs or modules that have been created specifically for those industries years ago prior to uh in the electrical a lot of consolidation yeah by Epcor and uh Infor there were more ERP companies and it was interesting how distributors would select an ERP company yeah based upon who their competition was meaning who the distributors competition was. yep they would identify which of their distributors had which ERP system yep and some of them would purposely choose something different whether it was good or bad was irrelevant but because it was different because they thought it would give them a competitive advantage 
And in my opinion, and I know I'm not a techie, okay? So I will defer to you, Sam. <laughs> At the end of the day, it comes down to how you're going to use your system exactly. and how you're going to use the information. Because you can always go and hire some techies to write and modify code or create your own mod if you really need to. But just because it has a different brand name doesn't mean you're going to have a better business performance result. Does that make sense? It does. And honestly speaking, and I don't know when you talk about the industry and how big these players are. And my assumption is going to be that this market is going to be significantly fragmented. Um, that's my understanding, uh, especially if you look at the SMB electrical HVAC market. We are probably talking about you know, 10, 15, 20 million dollar, maybe 5 million. Uh, that's the range that we are looking for. Most of the distributors, obviously, there are going to be the bigger ones as well. Uh, but those bigger ones have already figured out their processes, they are going to be slightly more streamlined overall in terms of the kind of skew mix they are going to carry, the kind of products they are going to carry. Even the projects are going to be streamlined. I mean, they are not going to take every single job out there. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, whether this is going to be just rewiring, uh, just ripping apart, you know, getting something from Dunkyard and reconfiguring it. I mean, obviously, these smaller ones do whatever they can do in their power. Now, when you talk the about... The biggest challenge that a lot of the small guys have... Yeah. I'm going to say small being defined as less than 25 million. Yep. They don't have the personnel exactly. to A, evaluate really what their need is. B, they don't have the personnel to implement them. They have yep. almost the equivalent of a network administrator, Yep. an implementer, someone who can troubleshoot the system, not someone who can optimize the opportunity and help take it the next level. Many times it's the owner. Yep. Quite frankly, you know, he's challenged with spelling IT. <laughs> exactly. Because his role is supposed to be, was originally sales when he started the business, something like that. But now he's responsible for sales, for HR, for finance, for purchasing, for inventory management. IT is 5, 10% of his time. Yep. I agree. If he has a problem, it's called 1 800 who's going to help me. <laughs> with the bigger companies, they've got people. That makes a big difference. Yep. I've actually, I've had a client a couple of years ago. They were about 12, 15 million at that stage. Yeah. And his ERP company, he had had for about 10 years. He had two branches. Yeah. Now three. When he needed to give me sales data, he didn't have one database to pull it off of. He had to send me three separate reports for yep. each branch. And I had to pull it all together and aggregate the stuff for the customer for by customer because yep. his ERP system couldn't. And I said, you know, if you want to have some growth and you're going to be in this business longer term, yep. you know, make me think about upgrading, not so much even modernizing, just, just get a system that'd be easy. He says, you know, I'm only going to be in this for about another 10 years. And the cost of, of not only the system, but the pain of conversion and training my people it's not worth it. Right now, I'm only paying, I think I was doing like 500 or 1,000 bucks a year yeah. for maintenance service. You know, He says, why do I want to go and invest $100,000, $200,000 into it? Yep. All the training and all the disruption. I don't need it. As long as I get my reports at the end of the month and the system, everyone understands the system and it accepts an order, I'll live with the pain. That was the thought process. Yep. But that's where... It becomes a disconnect between strategy, your vision and strategy, and your tool. Now, the good thing is, in his case, his vision was, 
hey, I just want to kind of stay small and service my three yep. counties. Yep. If he had vision for growth, he's got to reorientate his mindset to invest into that whole IT infrastructure, not defined as the ERP system, but defined as the personnel resources that are going to be able to help him take it that next step. It's a different mindset in that regards. Yeah, could not agree more. And let's touch on these layers a little bit. And I especially want to touch on the tech comment that you can hire techie anytime and they can do whatever you want them to do, obviously. Um, there is a little misunderstanding and I don't know whether you agree with this or not. Okay. Hiring techies is very easy. Mm-hmm. Programming is the easiest thing that anybody can do. Okay. Yep. Getting results from any technology, any program is the hardest thing to do in general. Okay. Mm-hmm. When, and this is sort of the double aged sword. Most companies, when they are going to be small, they like to think of customizing. If you mm-hmm. talk to a billion dollar company, this is what they are saying. I don't want to touch a single line of code. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't want to customize anything. Mm-hmm. I will change my business. I'll change myself. Mm-hmm. I'll change my process. Totally right. Because they understand that the provider has aggregated input from lots of different sources. Yeah. And it's found ways to optimize that process. So you're buying expertise. Exactly. Versus the smaller company has the mindset that they know it all. And all that they really know is the way that they've already done it. Exactly. But the reality is those bigger companies have higher net profit for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. And David, when you talk about these um, technical initiatives, especially if they are going to be about customization, okay? They are probably one of the deepest rabbit holes that you can ever get into. There is no coming out of it, okay? You cannot come out of them. They are that bad. To be honest, as the technical person myself, in my company, I'm never going to own a single line of code. That is not the business that I'm in, okay? As soon as I customize something, as soon as I own something, that ownership is very expensive in general, yep. okay? Because that is not shared by 5,000 different companies. The reason mm-hmm. why these ERP systems, e-commerce systems, they are so difficult to build and implement. And there are only so many companies that are mm-hmm. there who can do it well and they can really scale to the business models of a billion-dollar company. It's very, yeah. very, very hard to create that, you know, with the custom logic, but companies still have the tendency, especially the smaller ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting. What, years ago, I ran an IT department many, many moons ago. Yep. Which was probably two of the worst years of my life. The only good thing is I was also still doing some other stuff at the same time. Yeah. But between then and some other times when I've had IT related projects, the part that gets frustrating is, quote unquote, the system analyst. People who want to ask you about what your needs are and specifications, they don't want, a lot of them don't think. They're just coming in and asking you what you want. Yep. And then they just go and give you what you want versus thinking if there was a different approach or a better approach. They're not adding knowledge yep. and insight into it. And as a small company, and remember, a lot of these small companies, the people who are running them have been running them forever. It's their first and only job. Yep. How do they really know exactly. what would really good? How do they have vision? I don't necessarily want. I don't know what I want, so don't ask me what I really want. I know what I can give you as inputs. 
I know what I want as an output. How it gets done in the interim, you know, in that middle, there are other people smarter than me, smarter than a lot of, than a lot of these distributor owners who should be able to figure that out. I know what I can give you as an order. Here's what I need on the other end. How it happens, you tell me, which is to your point. The, the software companies have seen it, have done it how many different times. They've aggregated best practice. That's what I'm, when I'm writing a check, I'm buying best practice. I shouldn't be buying code. Does that make sense? Exactly. That is such a great point, to be honest. Okay. And I think best practices is where the real IP is in my experience. And that's where these guys should be focusing on. So rather than being fixated on this is how my business works. These are my inputs. They should be thinking about how the other companies are doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. How the other industries are doing and how mm-hmm. can I streamline my process so that I am going to be similar to that. Now I will talk about a very specific process in this industry. Unless you have any other comments, David, go ahead if you have comments. Well, the, the key is how you execute and optimize upon it. Yep. Because at the end of the day, there's two, there's really three masters that a company has. One is its customer. Yep. How do you deliver for your customer? How do you make the buying process easy, the material delivery process easy? At the end of the day, that's what the customer is interested in. How do you make it easy for your suppliers and get the orders to them and being their lowest cost customer? Because if you're their lowest cost, God, maybe the flip side of that is, you're providing them the highest net profit to them. Plus, because the other benefit of doing that is therefore that supplier is a low cost supplier for you from an operational view. And then the third is your employee satisfaction. Because if the system takes work off of them, you have higher satisfaction. If you have more satisfied employees, do you think that they have more capacity to service customers, whether that customer is internal or external? Do they have the ability to deliver more productivity? Are they happier? God forbid they might have a little three-letter word. You know what that three-letter word is, Sam? Fun? Exactly. That's sacrilegious in a lot of these companies. Yep. Yep. So very fun, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let's talk about one of the specific process. And, you know, I'm touching on your comment related to, hey, you know what? I have my inputs. I'm giving you what I really want. You guys figure mm-hmm. out really smart people. They can figure these things. No big deal. Okay. In this industry, there's a very specific process called proof of delivery, which is very common. Um, in general, I don't know whether that is common in all HVAC electrical. Um, I have seen it in HVAC 100% uh, electrical, mm-hmm. maybe uh, in maybe in some jobs, maybe not. Uh, yeah. But proof of delivery is very common. Now, this is a very legacy process in general. Okay. Um, you required signatures at one point of time when you had to reconcile whatever you shipped from your door to whatever got received. And you, once you have the signature from your customer, then that was sort of the approval that you can match the invoice. Otherwise, you are probably not going to pay if you don't have their signature. And that's why the whole process of signature existed. Other industries, they probably took it off. Uh, they don't really have that anymore. I mean, not for every single good when Amazon ships to you, you sign anymore unless you are buying something that is going to be $2,000, $5,000. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a passport. Then you sign. If you are shipping $10 good, do you really need to sign? Now, that process has not changed. This is just one example. 
in this industry. There are many processes which sometimes are there just because company thought so that they need to rest. They have been doing this for the last 20 years. And now if that is going to be your input, you are asking the technical guy to customize the hell out of the system. Mm-hmm. What is going to happen? That's probably going to be a million dollar disaster because the data model was not created to support these processes and you are customizing something that is not necessarily compliant to that process. So now, well, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Where I'm going to go though, Sam, is a couple of different scenarios. Yeah. Okay? I don't disagree with you on like the Amazon scenario. Yeah. But then you get the issue of come Christmas time and your package doesn't show up. Yep. And what happened to that package? After the, after FedEx dropped it off on your front door, XYZ person, and I won't even use a name, yep. so we don't get into any racial profiling yep. or anything like that, yep. somehow showed up on your patio and walked off with it. Yep. Did that package show up or not? Whose fault is it? Amazon does send you an email saying that XY, whatever you ordered is being shipped that day. Yep. Get that. Look at DoorDash. Everything that they deliver, yeah. they take a photo off and send you a text on it right away. So they're validating everything there. Yep. The third area, and I'm not disagreeing that there could be opportunities to remove it, but this gets back to talking to the customer. Yep. If I if you talk to your contractors, you talk to your industrial buyers, what's their thresholds? Are all of them willing not to have it? Exactly. If some of them want it, therefore you need the functionality. You can have you could probably turn it on or off by customer if you wanted to. Yeah. I'm not saying you should. But the functionality, it's easy to edit the functionality to make the customer specific. It's easy to change it by dollar value. Yep. But if you don't get your customer input when you make a change like that, that could be significant to your customer base, then you're making a mistake. So before you go and arbitrarily say we don't need this or we do need that, talk to the stakeholders, whether it's internal people. Yeah. Whether it's sales, whether it's customers, on something that could be significant, get the input. Doesn't mean that everything shouldn't be questioned, but get the input from the people who would be really doing the question. Don't have an insular mindset because a lot of companies have an insular. They're just only going to talk to the five people, 10 people who are in that room. Just like your top salesperson for a company cannot speak on behalf of all salespeople, cannot speak on behalf of all customers. He's got Let's say he's got 10, let's say he's got 50 people on his account list. Yep. Guaranteed you five customers represent 80 to 90% of his business. Yep. He's probably talked and gotten input on something from two or three people. Okay. Is that customer research? He got input from his three best customers. Yep. Does that tell you anything about a mid-sized customer or a small customer? The customer who is, doesn't even have a salesperson. Yeah. This is why it ties back to the business strategy too. Yeah, exactly. And I completely agree with your assessment there, to be honest, uh, that the way the industry is going to operate and some of these things become the processes and the constraint for the system, to be honest, okay? Uh, because they are not going to be optional and creating those constraints around the industry could be a very complicated as well as the expensive process. And that's why some of the specific systems are only going to work for those industries because they are going to have very unique processes. And I don't know how the bigger ones typically deal with it. Maybe they also follow the similar standards. Maybe it is because of the industry. Maybe Amazon is doing uh, that as well. So your comment related to how Amazon handles it, just because they send an email or DoorDash 
takes a picture and send you out that does not mean that the customer cannot say that you know i did not receive and i'm going to file mm-hmm. a claim that could always happen and typically in my experience i think the way they are accounting for this is you are always going to have a little bit of damage that you have to account mm-hmm. for that's almost like a return uh, sort of percentage that you are accounting in your business model that okay if i ship 120 are going to be problematic customer you sort of account for that in business model and then you know what is the cost what is the cost of getting the signature versus what is the cost of getting these returns that's how amazon in my mind likes to think and that's why they, they don't have the, they budget the way retail does exactly it's it's a percent of sales exactly 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 and they have factored in that as part of the business model. yeah the the challenge in the construction trade so electrical and plum, especially plumbing when they're delivering that their material yep a you've got a cost factor b it's going to a job site yep e the contractor needs that to finish a project yep the industrial facility needs that material for a project or for an emergency yep so a lot of times the cost isn't so much the cost of the material yep it's the opportunity cost yep so the customer really it's it's like the information's there to help the customer and to protect the distributor because it's not that you had to write off the cost it's a risk of losing that customer yep i agree if amazon lost you and i they wouldn't even notice it as a rounding error exactly well maybe adding up my wife and kids orders <laughs> might be a rounding error <laughs> <laughs> thing that i can see this right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Awesome, man. So that's it for today. Do you have any last-minute closing thoughts for our listeners? Oh, they've, they've enjoyed the opportunity to share, enjoyed our conversation. You know, we've got a lot of input and ideas on, that help people on strategy. And if they want to learn more about us, they can go to channelmkt.com. We also run blogs in the electrical industry and the HVAC industry. So they can just go to electricaltrends.com to get a sense of our thought process. Uh, for the electrical industry and hvacrtrends.com for the HVAC industry. And I appreciate the time, Sam. I appreciate you as well. And my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be that every industry is going to have its own nuances. Uh, electrical and HVAC are probably going to be one of the most unique ones that I have personally because of the way the industry is organized. So make sure you pay attention to the product model, your data structure as well before finalizing any sort of. On that note, David, thank you so much for your time. This has been a powerful app. Thanks a lot. Take care. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about David, head over to channelmkt.com. It's C-H-A-N-N-E-L-M-K-T.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or dm me on any social channels i'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help thank you and i hope to get you on the next episode of the wbs podcast thank you for listening to another episode of the wbs podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode for more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.